Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, August 20th, and this is episode 200. Wow. You know what the hard part of episode 200 is? No. Fitting the 200 random guests into your house. Mm-hmm. So we didn't do it. We didn't. There are no <laughs> guests. Just like there haven't been for a long time. It has been a, a long, long... We used to do long, a lot of we guests. We did. In fact, this little Zoom device that we used to record on has a neat little ability where I can just sort of like microphone jack in uh, a Skype call or whatever, and it'll come in as its own track so we can fix the audio on it without, just like how I'm able to adjust the audio of our individual tracks, Yeah, which has given us a lot better flexibility, a lot less echo. Um, and it know. also gives us the ability to record on the road. That's true. Which we did, what, once? Uh, no, that was with the old microphone. That was at that the was old, that, old that was before of... I owned the stuff. That was yep. at Expo. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, so uh, that might be something... When we get closer to TPF, I have to take a look at because yeah. yeah, we could do some in the, This we is like do, the size of a of a between a cell phone and a tablet. It's pretty yeah. small. Yeah, we could we could probably do some like at the moment impressions and then just slot them into the episode later. Mm, that's true. Let's that do could some be on the fly. Could be could be true. Could be possible. Or get the hammer out the episode before they open the the place up on mm. Sunday. Very true. They open relatively early. They're not like they're not like Expo. You know, they aren't trash. So I'm not actually sure if TPF where TPF falls this year. If it's on our normal if week, it's on or our if it's on my week. my TPS week, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I don't look that far ahead. Uh, yeah, that's a it long. Varies. That's a, the only thing I know for sure is that for the first time in four years, it doesn't directly interfere with my wife's birthday. Oh, that's true because it has interfered quite often. Because it normally, normally it, it's either I'm gone on her birthday or like it's her birthday and then we leave mm. type thing, or I get back the day before. Yeah, is how it's fallen for me. The issue, much less controversial, but I I have a, a work related conference that has always been the week. Like I take the Monday off, getting back, and then that starts Tuesday. Yeah, but they changed hotels for that event. So now they're, uh, for at least the next couple of years, they're in early March instead of that week. So I actually don't have that same issue where it's like, here, go on vacation, and then come back and, oh, wait, you're not actually catching back up on anything because you're at a conference. Right. Sort of thing. So that's nice uh, for me. For you. But I mean, will you even still be at that conference? Uh, most likely, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I'm not changing fields when I'm changing jobs. So you'll still be at the conference. You just won't be running the conference. Yeah, I am only I'm on the planning team on it. It's not I don't do like work for it. Yeah. Whether or not I have to be on the pre the Tuesday's like a pre conference day though. So maybe I won't have to attend that, which would give me another like maybe I could take a second day off. because uh, it's kind of funny going to TPF because uh, you almost need a vacation from the vacation. <laughs> you do. Because uh I don't think it's so much the event itself, it's the the drive. Because we have to we for those that are new to the show, it's an eight hour trip for Tony and I. And so while we have uh last year uh, we went ahead and left, uh, and we did that, I think the, the year, year before, before as well. also, yeah, we are not staying till the very end of TPF anymore, which has made it a lot easier because, uh, it just, we're getting so tired by the time, I mean, getting yeah, back at midnight. Yeah. Cause it used to be that we wouldn't leave until after the awards, after the awards. And then we'd have to grab lunch and something, and then we'd head out. So normally we weren't getting on the road back home to like three. Yeah. Three ish was about, about when we'd be done with in and out. Yeah. And then. 
lately we've been starting and getting on the road at like 11. Yeah. And it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get back when there's still light up. Yes. And then we're not tired and it's safer to drive in the, in the light and all of that. And we're not running into hey, it's 11 o'clock, 1030 or 11 o'clock at night. And we're driving through severe thunderstorms with a visibility of five feet. Yes. And people stopped with their expensive cars on all lanes and both shoulders mm-hmm. of the highway directly underneath a bridge. That's to right. Protect like they're a motorcycle. Like, yeah, except for they don't park in the middle of the road as well. At least they're on the shoulder. I'm fine with them being on the shoulder. Look, that scared they, the crud out of cars me that one to, time. They just stop wherever they look. They're you just, don't understand my Beamer. There was mm-hmm. hail. I had to park my Beamer. It's like you almost got taken out by a semi-truck at 80 miles an hour, and mm-hmm. you were doing zero. Let me tell you, your Beamer's damage is going to be the least of your concerns if that had happened. Maybe don't take a lease payment that's so high you can't afford comprehensive. Maybe. Well, it's probably not least if they don't have their comprehensive coverage. But anyway. Uh, on to brighter news. What's been going on? So intros. Um, I'm getting ready for uh, a work conference. Actually, oh. I, I am. I I'm on an awards group. Uh, I'm actually. The Are you going to give yourself an award? No, I actually my my boss wanted to put our plants in, and I I directly said no. It's it's like don't. It's like, I I'm literally the head of the committee for the awards don't put us in because I will not allow us to win. Even if we win, because it's just always going to have an ethical concern. Mm -hmm. So we just, as long as I'm, as long as I'm on the committee, I won't let her put us in for awards, (laughs) which is annoying to her. But at the same time, she doesn't have to fill out the awards paperwork. So that, yeah, see, bright side, bright side, bright side, bright side. Always look on the bright side. Uh, but that conference alternates between Topeka and Wichita, and this is a Wichita year. So I'm going to do that, but I don't need to be at the conference except for one day for the awards. Uh, I don't need to be there the rest of the week, and I don't need the hours that you earn from going to the conference, uh, your like continuing education credits. I don't need those because I have more than enough uh, to re-up all my certifications. So I'm going to do a day trip. To Wichita, which means I'm going to have to be on the road at like 5 in the morning, get to Wichita by 8, go through the entire day, uh, and then drive home. On the other hand, that is going to time me just about right to stop at Brahms and Emporia on the way home and get a shake. Mm. So, hey. Plus, all the reason to prefer the the Wichita route because there's no Brahms on the way to Topeka. That's right. Because much closer though. It is. That's true. <laughs> yes. So uh, I've got that coming up um, before our next episode. It's not this upcoming Tuesday. It'll be the Tuesday after. Uh, and otherwise, uh, the only other thing is I have had almost zero sleep in the last three days. Uh, very little sleep to the point where I actually uh, uh, did like melatonin sleeping aid stuff to try and force the sleep because I was doing some weed eating at work and I went through a patch of something mm. and my ankles, there was a point where you couldn't even tell where the skin was because everything was just raised red welts where some sort of insect got in, got onto me and like ate the crap out of my ankles and lower legs. You don't think you got an allergic reaction on? No, no, I, because I thought it was at first, but after using some hydrocortisone and stuff it, it's calmed down it's just super itchy but it's not it doesn't look anything like poison ivy or okay. any of that stuff yeah 
Because we've all been yeah. into that. Yeah, stuff, no, this so. is like individual bites. I don't know what it was. I don't know if some sort of mite or, or or what, but something just tore my legs up. So I'll like fall asleep for like 45 minutes and then I'll shift around enough that the blankets like scratch my ankles and then I'll wake up and my legs will be itching so much after. Oh, it's been terrible. It's been just a horrible two or three days since it happened. I'm just driving me nuts. It's finally getting better. So, yeah. That's been great. <laughs> well, I should note, since you referenced the discussion on the next episode, since this title of the episode is The End, episode 200, it's because it's the end of the 100s. That's why we've titled it that. So we thought it was the most logical title to go with. So I'm sure everyone understood that going in, however. Yeah. Well, I don't have a lot in terms of intro. Uh, so with, uh, in terms of, uh, I mean, I've been uh, playing a little bit of pinball. Uh, you know, I, I got some Deadpool and, and Godzilla time in yesterday. In fact, uh, back to working more on uh, Phoenix Wright for video games. Uh, resumed that a couple of days ago. I hadn't played that since the end of July. I found out I was only done with the first game. It just they had a whole extra episode that was as long as the first game portion combined. And so it was like DLC or something like that. I don't know how they originally did it, but it was because they ran the credits and then I had the super long like fifth case and then they ran the credits again. But now I went in and loaded my save to continue. And I was like, no, 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 you need to start a new game. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm now really actually done with game one. And so I'm on game two, uh, still doing Puzzle Quest three. So that's it in terms of my gaming updates. But uh, so some stuff, because since it's episode 200 and people make a big deal about these nice round numbers, I uh, figured we should go ahead and talk a little bit about some of the stuff that we've done. Now, one of the things that people might have been very confused by when they came in is they did not hear our usual intro music. I actually dropped in the original intro music that we had. Now, when we first started the uh, the show, we didn't have intro music. Right. The current song and the original song are actually both Fiverr things. I just paid someone on Fiverr. And the reason why we have the current one is we had so many complaints about <laughs> the original one. I call it the squeaky song. Oh, the squeaky song. It, like, it kind of hurt. It kind of hurt. And so here, we, here you go. You get to enjoy the old squeaky song. I've wondered, uh, and I almost just did it because it's so cheap. But then I thought, nah, that's something I really need to consult with Tony on. Uh, or maybe we should consult with the listeners on. Should we go ahead and change intro music? Uh, to something new now, other because um, we have used the uh, the ongoing non-original song now for well over a hundred episodes. Oh, yeah. I don't remember when we switched, but we've done it for a long, a long time. time. I think it's been over a hundred. So anyway, maybe it's time for a new piece. I don't know. If you guys have suggestions, uh, again, fire is always out there. I can always go and and get something commissioned pretty cheap. Uh, uh, and yeah, both of those songs, I believe were $5. So don't you, don't you worry to like, you know, you say Fiverr and then you can find out it's like a $50 project. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is a dentist oriented project. It, it's going to be like five to $10. That's how much we're going to do. So I, I thought about that as a, as an idea. Uh, so maybe write in uh collecting cameras podcast at gmail.com and give us some thoughts on that. Cause yeah, Tony, no. I haven't talked about it. No, yeah, no, I, I can definitely see it. It's, it's been, it's time. It's, Time to segue all those shows that, you know, change up mm-hmm. their intros every so many episodes or so often or, you know. Now, those who actually look when they download the podcast into the uh, podcatchers probably notice that the episode cover is different. Now, I used to on occasion do a specialized episode cover once in a while. We have like maybe 15 in our catalog. Right, because I I do it like on some of our interviews, our guest hosting. When we'd have guest hosts, a lot of times I would do something like that. 
Uh, but we hadn't, I mean, it had been like dozens of episodes since I last bothered with one. I normally just use our regular EGP, the standard EGP logo with the controllers and mm-hmm. pinball and stuff. However, for this episode, we have a different uh, piece of cover art, and I'd like you to explain it because this is not a, this is not something Dennis is to explain. No. Uh, yeah, this started out as kind of a joke uh, with Dennis. I joked about uh, us creating like, these fursona versions of us for the podcast and maybe explain what a fursona is. It's like an anthropomorphic animal version. It's basically like a furry thing, mm-hmm. but I said it as a joke and it kind of grew and grew. And I had a conversation with my daughter and she found it hilarious. And she ended up actually drawing not an actual fursona cause they're not like anthropomorphic, but just animal versions of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I that I, I I basically commissioned her for after she started show she showed me her original sketched out idea, uh, so I went ahead and commissioned her since art's her thing and let her go to town and have fun and she created these little animal versions of Dennis and myself uh, that started out as uh, uh, as I recall I just asked Dennis what kind of animal do you want to be <laughs> okay yes I all right <laughs> I I do vaguely remember that. And Dennis is like, I want to be a crab. I, I think the listeners would agree it's a it's a proper fursona. So, so despite the lack of fur, despite the lack of fur. So uh, we did that, and and my daughter knocked together a a little demo version of Crab Dennis, and it was so cute that we just went ahead and I I had them because originally I w- I was going with the you know completely not original, very un not unexpected as I was like, I just wanted to be like a bear, a big fat bears. bear. Dope the bears. bears. The uh, but with, with, with the crab, we made the decision to uh, kind of match the uh, area. So instead I'm a walrus and cause they already have the mustache. Mm. So that's, Oh <laughs> yes. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, uh, so we did that. Uh, she put all that together and, and this little, uh, fursona logo. And then we've got like some, uh, directed, uh, art of each character, uh, as well that she put together. Yeah. I'm, and, yeah. I'm going to think about ways to exploit this. I think there's, there could be some fun, but for listeners, you don't have to just look at the cover art. You can own this art on your body. And not as a tattoo, but as a shirt. But if you do want to do it as a tattoo, let us know. We can get you. Let us PNGs. know. We'll totally. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, totally. We, if you want, if you want to get us tattooed on you, like in that way, more I mean, power. That's to like you. stalker level creep. I mean, that is stalker I mean, level. Creep, I'm a little. But I don't really want to encourage it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, uh, you might want to seek some some a consultation or something to figure out why you want to go down these routes. Because I'm a little. I would be a little worried. But free will is a thing. Uh, it's true. It is. <laughs> it is. So, but for now, uh, the EGP Fursona merchandise, uh, I have a link in the, it's in the episode link. Is that our regular uh, sort of, our, we have a Teespring um, shop where right. we have stuff. I've actually gone through and cleaned that up quite a bit. So uh, the original with our standard EGP logo is there, but just in the blue now, I've, I, it's still got a variety of shirts and stuff, but I've took out a lot of the other merch that most of it wasn't moving right. so uh but there's a special link that get, take you directly to the the fursona uh and now currently there's only one thing in there it's a shirt you can have any shirt style you want as long as it's tri-blend and you can have any color you want as long as it's blue that's what you get 
Beautiful. But it does get you the uh, kind of the cover image, which is uh, the walrus holding the crab with a pinball machine and a microphone attached. And it's a little more simplified than the actual episode cover, because again, for the shirt, I right. and stripped out some elements, some more of the shirt color showed through. But anyway, that's ready to go. And we can do some other things. Like one of the things I, I don't have it live right now, but I toyed around with was taking that image uh, and like doing like a a, a a beer glass because I could do like that image on one end and then the EGP logo just like in, in black on the other so that the cups completely wrap around oh, with imagery. Yeah. I almost I almost put that in there, but I, I I've held off for the for the time being. Just figured let's see if there's any interest in it. But anyway, so there are shirts available for those that are interested. So thank you uh, to your eldest for uh, constructing that. We are honored by her presence. I mean, she's not actually present, but. By her presence, presence, and Well, no, I guess you commissioned her. So, <laughs> all right. So, uh, before we move on, a little more episode two hundred stuff, I guess, because people might want to know. So, you know, here you go. Uh, fast forward X number of minutes if you need to, because we're, we're too much. We're too much talking about ourselves. Why are we having such an ego trip? It's know. episode two hundred. That's we're what allowed. happens. It's episode two hundred. The end. Ego trip. <laughs> That's right. It ego good. trip. It would be a good, be a good uh, name for the episode. So. Uh, just some background regarding all that. We have been doing this now for over seven and a half years. That's why we're at 200 episodes. Uh, according to what I can tell, I think we actually recorded our very first episode, recorded it. This is a guess, but I right. believe it was January 31st, 2016. The reason I think that is the episode posting on our WordPress page is February 1st. I think we recorded earlier than that because I thought maybe the 30th it wasn't much earlier was it I thought we'd recorded two episodes before we put the first one live um or we talked about it we talked about that because that was a common start right I think what we may have done is we didn't uh list it with iTunes until we were two or three episodes in oh that's, but I was yeah. actually putting them online for they us. were all going online yeah because yeah, I think iTunes list yeah because I think had. you had told me you should you're supposed to have like three episodes out before you post to iTunes in yeah. fact Apple back then at least I don't know they still do but they did recommend that so right but I think I had them up on WordPress already because I was I was building the RSS I just iTunes won't won't crawl the web to make an RSS thing you have to submit to them because they're so big they don't need to find them so so <laughs> So, People come anyway, to we, we recorded in January. We recorded right. in January, um, which makes us at this point one of the oldest uh, podcasts still around that does pinball. Uh, not the oldest, I don't believe. I don't, I, don't think so, but the, we're definitely up there. Right. Slam Tilt uh, started a little bit later in the year. They're one of the other really long ones. I think uh, Chris's Canada podcast started about a month before we did. I know that's not, at least last I heard, that's not freely available anymore. But that was about that era is when we, we kicked right. off. Um, so anyway, what uh, what we did back, I look back at that. Actually, I started to play that first episode, but it was so painful uh, <laughs> that I stopped. Incidentally, <clears throat> oh well, I'll get to it, but that episode is still available. I don't recommend it. It's uh, terrible. Yeah. But we talked about upcoming pinball machines from Stern, Highway Pinball, Jersey Jack, Dutch Pinball and Spooky. We also gave our top 2015 video games and uh, we covered some Kickstarter stuff that was going on in the world of tabletop gaming because back then we had a recurring tabletop segment just like we always talk about video games and pinball every yeah. episode. We always talked about tabletop for like the first year plus of the show. Basically until 
I, I got to the point where I had too much stuff going on in mm. life to play tabletop as much as I was at the time originally. Because mm-hmm. it's hard to talk about tabletop when you only play like once a year. Yes. Now, our podcast growth was incredibly slow initially. Uh, we started very, very small. I found out years later that we were having some discoverability issues. So even though I got us listed with iTunes really quickly, because of the way we were hosting and and doing the feed we would not show up if you did a search for like pinball. We wouldn't show up. So, and part of that was when we launched the show, we did it totally free software wise. Yeah. So what we would do is Tony and I would record and then we would upload the audio file to Google Drive and we would make a shareable Google Drive of our MP3 file. And then we used FeedBurner, which is a free feed burning service, which still exists that Google owns. And that is how we made the RSS feed to the file. We did that for about half a year. And then Google was changing how Google Drive would share. So and there was an announcement that basically you could no longer RSS feed Google Drive files because they were changing the share mechanic. So we went ahead and we figured, okay, we're going to stick with this. So we picked up a subscription to SoundCloud to be our podcast hosting software provider. And we just redirected uh, our feed burner to point to SoundCloud. We still actually advertise the feed burner feed, but the feed burner feed isn't as flexible, especially nowadays, as uh, as what you'll normally get directly with podcasting, uh, podca- uh, excuse me, a podcasting hosting site like Podbean or, or SoundCloud mm-hmm. or whatever. So it just points to that RSS now. But that's why I had to add pinball and video games to our title because. Even just putting pinball and video games in the description and feed burner didn't quote unquote work right. Uh, we just, I, I didn't catch that when I was doing my searches, but we had people tell us, you know, this doesn't show up. And so then I was like, okay, let's make some more changes. But uh, our very first big wave of listeners, because of that issue, we weren't getting discovered very easily, but people were finding us. Uh, our first big jump actually came when Don, who was one of the co hosts of the pinball podcast, plugged us as a podcast that he liked and we saw what was for us at the time a big sort like we got to yeah. 50 listeners Woo-hoo. we were really excited <laughs> we got to like 50 listeners with that our second big wave of subscribers i believe really happened when i started to appear as a guest on the twip podcast which zach minnie was hosting and he and jeff patterson had put together this podcast to be tied to twip or this week in pinball and they had a rotating guest uh, seat that would participate with Zach. And I was one of the first 10. Uh, but the feedback on that was really good. So I started to guest rep- as a more recurring and then like probably once every other month or so. And then eventually where we got our, our last, what I'm trying to detect in the analytics at the time, big surge was when I was just the regular co-host there. Then I think a lot of people were just like, oh, okay. I kind of like what this show does. Maybe they want to hear more, even though our show is very different than how Zach and I do the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so whether they stick with it or not, we kind of had another, you know, basically I got to promote the Eclectic Gamers podcast a lot more because I was on this other show. So that seemed to steer a lot of traffic to us. And then they stick around because of you. But that's just how it is. Believe what you will. Uh, another uh, thing I thought I would point out is we we as a collective, we have never missed an episode. We've moved them on occasion by a few days. Like we've had times where we will be like, OK, we're going to Texas Pinball Festival. We're going to record on Tuesday. 
Right. Instead of our Sunday release. So the episode might be out on Wednesday, sort of thing. I think but, we did a, I think we did at least one or two where we record where we've recorded early due to something yeah, going and on. And we've recorded a little early. So we're not always exactly fourteen days apart, but we've always announced when it was going to be different. As near as I can tell, across these two hundred episodes, you have missed two and I have missed one. But there have been an episode out yep. when that is. We've has still happened. put the episodes yep. out. It's just been a solo host episode. So I, I think uh I you know, I, I can't promise this, however, I, I feel very, very confident. We are, at least in the world of you know, video games are so many podcasts, but in the world of pinball, we are probably I'm gonna say we are the most consistent pinball podcast in the history of this hobby. We are extreme, I'm willing to accept that. We are extremely consistent. We are, we are very yeah. consistent. Well, and 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 a lot of things like lead to that consistency. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, we are very consistent. Yes. So we are the fiber of of, of podcast mm-hmm. pinball podcasting. <laughs> very regular. Yes. Always. Yes. It's always mm-hmm. there. We almost named ourselves Eclectic Metamucil, uh, <laughs> but we didn't because we didn't get sued. Uh, so. I mentioned that you can go back and listen to episode one. When we switched over to SoundCloud, I did upload our entire back catalog in order. So everything should appear in order. It doesn't appear in order. I shouldn't. I shouldn't, don't need to say it should. It will. It does. I, I confirm that. Uh, so we have uh, we have our entire back catalog. We have never deleted an episode. Like we've never. Like you won't go and like find episode forty seven is no longer available. All of our episodes to date are available. I will say you probably don't want to listen to episode two. Mm. Episode two was the one where my audio degraded at the end, or one. No, I thought. Well, I think episode two was the one where we played with deleting empty space too much, and it became very clipped. Mm, could be. Uh, when we first started recording, my I was using an older desktop computer, uh, and I was having a problem. We were using at the time we were using ZenCaster. Mm-hmm. and um, sometimes if we didn't stop the recording after thirty minutes. Uh, we started to have like sync issues and stuff. And I would, it would impact because I was doing the editing and, and hosting the Zencaster. I thought it was on your end, but it was actually my system that was causing the problem. We eventually figured it out as we started to eliminate other, you know, checking yeah. off, trying to figure out what things are. We have a whole history of sound issues <laughs> throughout this podcast. But um, yeah, the, the, a lot of those, uh, a lot of those had issues until we ultimately swore off Zencaster because after. Uh, as a that was after we did the guest host with uh, Ryan C from Head to Head Pinball and later on Jesse J's Pinball podcast, where his audio got so desynced that I had to manually glue his speech back together. It took twice as long as the episode was, and that was like a two hour episode. And I yeah. was so angry. Uh, we got that episode out because we don't miss episodes, but that was that was bad. I mean, we had another episode where. Uh, the, uh, the Zencaster was going so bad. It was when we had Jack Danger on. My audio dropped out at one point. I had to re-edit uh, the first half where I just took out my, like, I'm not there at all because I had to cut myself out because it was like, it was either that or I'd have to sit there trying to remember what I said and re-record my audio and insert it because you and Jack were fine. But yours but mine was... was a mess. Thankfully, you two were talking about Overwatch. I had never played that game. So it was easy for you guys to have this conversation. He was your favorite guest for a very long time mm-hmm. because you you guys really, really got along well with that. But anyway, those are all asides. So anyway, we do have uh, we do have, we have issued corrections and edits. So I have replaced episodes before where, oh, we had one once where I didn't 
I made my edits and then I balanced the sound afterwards. I didn't play it back and I didn't realize that uh, you had recorded from home and the dishwasher was running. Oh, I and, and I boosted that. the yeah. audio. You couldn't hear it without the boost, but when I uh, when I normalized the dynamics, uh, I didn't play it back until I was out walking because I almost always will play the episode after because I'm paranoid. I play the episode after I've edited it. When it's actually live, which is like the worst time to do it, <laughs> and I'll like go for a walk or whatever, and I'll listen to the episode. And then if I still hear stuff and I, it's extra annoying, I will, or if I think I can fix it, if I can't fix it, I can't fix it. But I'll try and like go. Like I, a few episodes ago, I went out and I was like, oh, I can now. I didn't hear it in my editing, but I can hear my the fan of my laptop whining. So I went in and I stripped that out. And then yeah, so there have been those sort of fixes that sometimes get pushed out. Hot fixes. Uh, we've done some edits where. Uh, one or one or two instances where someone has said, I wished you hadn't said that or talked about that. And I'm like, all right, you have a fair point. I'll go in. I'll strip that sentence out or whatever. Yeah. So we've done a few corrections like that. Uh, so analytics, kind of like we, we usually do annual analytics, but here's some overall. Now, the, again, uh, bear in mind, though, this shouldn't really, we were so small, it really won't change anything. But while all our episodes are now available via SoundCloud, originally the first half year, we don't have analytics for because that was all hosted through Google Drive. And that was a frustration. We had no, anal- even back then, there were no analytics. Like we couldn't tell you how many times someone downloaded the episode. I think it was the a hours. million. Yeah, it might have been. And then we just lost everyone. We went to SoundCloud, which, yeah. you know, SoundCloud's had its issues. So I don't, I don't really blame them. But so our top five episodes of all time, uh, I don't know if we've ever done an all-time list. No, nope, we have not. We have not. We I don't unless we did one back at episode 100 and I don't think we did. But number 5 is I should have probably written ah, it doesn't matter what the number of plays were, but uh number 5 was episode 154 called EGP Plus. This was the episode we did for our Expo follow-up oh. in 2021. Uh we also talked about the Cactus Canyon uh uh return or CCR, the Cactus Canyon remake. Mhm. Um, because that was unveiled at that expo. Uh, we, this, we was, spent, this wasn't the one we recorded at expo. No, this, this was, was the, the follow-up. We followed this is up follow-up with, because yeah. uh, our focus on the Cactus Canyon was because after that is when they revealed they were going to do the SE Plus version, right. which is the same price as the LE, but just had the topper and none of the other LE stuff, Correct. which people still bought despite our warnings because oh, people don't listen to us. Whatever. Whatever, you guys. Do what you want. Uh, video games, uh, we talked about Blizzard had delayed Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4. And uh, you also gave a Star Citizen update, a big one. And uh, you also talked about one some of those. One of those are going to be coming. You also talked about some of those Marvel's Avengers issues that were going on. Oh. <laughs> you might remember that. I do. Yes. Um, our number four episode of all time is episode, actually uh, the most recent episode of all of these. It's episode 170, which I cleverly named Kojima Story 4. I should note, most of the time, Tony doesn't know what the episode titles will be. I just make those up as I go yeah. along. And I most of the time, if people haven't detected the pattern, it's usually I take something from the pinball section and something from the video game section, and I glue them together. I don't see them until I, I don't yeah. ever see the titles. Well, they're until, all until they're all terrible. Drops. Yeah, like, they're all drops terrible. On the that's Facebook. why. Like, listen to Kojima Story Four. Was that? It doesn't make any sense, except in the context of we talked about the reveal of Toy Story Four. Uh, that was our big pinball topic. We did a big analysis of the video game review scores. We had a listener request that, and there was some information about uh, some Kojima stuff working with Xbox that you covered. That's why I called it Kojima Story Four. Uh, our third episode of all time is episode 158, Rush Those Stats, which is where we did our annual podcast statistics for the 2021 calendar year. 
We also talked about the launch of Rush Pinball, hence Rush and Stats. Uh, you also brought up uh, E3 was not going to be in person. They were going to do it virtually. That was yeah. a big announcement there. And uh, there was some Xbox nail polish. <laughs> that you had there were a few other things. I don't list them all out here in the summary, but there, there was some, some special and that uh, Xbox nail polish that you wanted to talk about. So we talked about it. Our our second episode, uh, our penultimate episode of all time on listens is episode 164, 2022 TPF debrief. These debrief episodes typically do pretty well for us. And so as the title suggests, that's where we gave our experience summary of the 2022 Texas Pinball Festival. You covered how E3 had been canceled for 2022. And you also went in a lot about uh, Twitch. This was where they had to pause their boost train because people were using it to pu- push oh, porn yeah. to, the, to the front page. Yeah. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> that was just one of those things where it's like, okay, we're gonna, that's what we're covering for video games. <laughs> Uh, and then our best episode ever in terms of performance was episode 163, the year of the 2.0. And that episode, we covered a variety of 2.0 kits, hit the, hence the title. However, we also talked about the gameplay reveals for Multimorphic's Weird Al and also Haggis's Fathom Revisited. They both had finally had gameplay reveals, so we talked about that. And then video games, you covered uh, the the high performance, uh, you know, success of Elden Ring. Uh, Overwatch 2's beta had been launched, and then uh, there was some of that. Uh, you had a series where you were covering Doctor Disrespect's Yeah, because there was out all that weird Twitch yeah. drama where he yeah, just where like was... ve- they like signed a big deal and then they just kicked him yep. off. And, and yeah. so this was one of those pieces in that Doctor Disrespect saga uh, that we covered. And so those are our top five episodes uh, in the history of the show. Uh, in terms of top countries, bear in mind some of these may be skewed because of VPNs. Uh, are in order, USA, followed by Australia, followed by Canada, followed by the United Kingdom, followed by Sweden in fifth place. That's actually pretty consistent year on year from what I remember. Uh, Combining our plays and downloads, uh, most of our uh, stats come in as plays. Most people probably subscribe to us in a podcatcher, so that's where that gets tracked as. However, you can download directly from SoundCloud. I always enable direct download. Uh, we've had 175,000 listens, over 175,000 listens as of since moving to SoundCloud. So that doesn't count our old uh, Google Drive downloads. I did ask our Patreon members if they wanted to cover us to cover anything special for this episode 200, because that's all I really had pre-planned. Uh, and so some of it's going to happen in some relevant sections later on. But uh, we did get a question here uh from Chris G, who asked us, Meta, as you continue, what are your goals for the podcast? Do you have any goals for the podcast? What do you enjoy about it? And why do you continue on past the 100 episode death knell? So thank you, Chris, for the question. Uh, Tony, I'll let you answer it first. Uh, a lot. We don't have goals that I know of other than to continue uh, making people happy and making people want to listen to us. And, uh, as we just talk, uh, as for how do we go past the 100 episode death now? I think in this case, it's really easy, uh, because in all honesty, the recording of the podcast is, gives an excuse and a reason for me and Dennis to get together, uh, every couple of weeks and go over stuff. Uh, like we were over here just BSing about life in general for over an hour before we started, actually recording this episode. And if it's anything like a normal episode, we'll sit down and BS for another half hour or hour afterwards. Uh, so basically what it amounts to is, and, and like 
we've always talked about from episode one, we would get together and we would talk about pinball and video games and stuff. So we just started doing it while recording as a podcast. So now what happens is we get together and we talk about uh, movies or TV, what's going on in, at work and life in general. And then we record while we talk about uh, pinball and video games. And then afterwards, we talk about other stuff that's not that, that doesn't fall into the podcast. We talk about other hobbies and other drama and other uh, things going on. So it's just kind of, in my mind, uh, an excuse that's more for us to get together and hang out and that would a lot of times be harder to do as we get older and have more responsibilities. Uh, by making this a hobby and a responsibility, it makes it a lot easier to put it to write it into the time as something to do it, 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 instead of being something that's more easily gone. Uh, not today. Cause the most that can happen is if something's going on, we might do, you know, Oh, we've got some big special thing going on. It's a birthday on Sunday. So we'll record on Saturday or, or maybe we'll do it, uh, virtually instead of being in person, uh, on some days, because I don't know, somebody's getting over being sick or something, or, you know, there's always some reason. Uh, but, but by making it a responsibility, it kind of locks in and allows us to have that time to get together and talk. And that's normally missed and is different than the just chatting over IMs and sending memes back and forth and, and, and all of that. So, because talking face to face is always better. Yeah, actually, uh, when I because I saw this question ahead of time because I I'm the one who edits the Patreon. Yeah, that's I mean that's really it. It's just it's selfish mostly. Uh, Tony's been a friend of mine since gosh like kindergarten. And, yeah, we were uh, in the same kindergarten class, same first grade class. Yeah, so Tony's my best friend. I um, you know I've known him forever, and this gives us an excuse to hang out. Yeah, and, but we have a formal structure to it, so it's yeah. like hey, oh no, we gotta do the we uh, we gotta do the podcast. Yeah, gotta do the podcast, so we get to hang out and talk, and that's what makes it fun. So yeah, that's why that I mean that's there's no goal to the podcast. That it's its purpose is to provide structure for us to continue to have these conversations in a in a way that maybe other people enjoy and if they don't, eh, they don't listen. No yeah. problem. I mean, like I said we we've we've joked on multiple occasions about putting together other variants of the podcast. Yeah, no, we the the the, the you know like eclectic, eclectic pop movies. culture, eclectic yeah. movies, whatever. But I mean, it's not uncommon because that's what we talk about. We'll talk about the latest episodes of of, of mm. Strange New Worlds or or whatever show we happen to be watch or the giant steaming pile that was Secret Wars. Yeah, uh, and stuff like that. Oh, and then bad. we record while we talk about pinball and video games. Mm. And then we shut off the recording and then we yep. talk about other stuff. And that's literally everything that we pour into it is what we would talk about anyway. Yeah. I mean, now in terms of like the the framework, I guess, the structure behind the podcast. There is I, more structure. There is, obviously. obviously. And, and there's I editing and there's stuff. Yeah. We, Tony and I, and we've said it before, but we use a lot more profanity in the real world than we do on the show. Because uh, we keep this show clean. And that, again, if you were to listen to episode one, we're so cautious. Oh, my gosh. I remember how nervous I was just because I was afraid about getting hate mail. I've gotten so much at this point. Oh, that yeah. It's kind of you get you get you learn to get over it. But I mean, there were a lot, you, when you're not a public person and I'm pretty introver introverted as by default. I've learned how to well, like anyone can, you know, you, you're putting on a performance when you're in front of a microphone or anything else and you learn how to function in those social situations well or you don't but it, it's helpful right. it's helpful to learn 
Uh, so, I mean, that's separate from, from, from some of these other aspects. So you, you, as we got more comfortable, we found our, our voice better, I think. And I, the way I would describe it, if people ask, because we have different, you know, different shows and I've used different approach, like my strategy and how I engage with Zach Minnie on the pinball show is different than how I engage here with eclectic gamers. But, but part of that is because Tony and I have known each other forever, basically that, and we see a lot of things very eye to eye because Tony is, if you haven't been able to tell, Tony's kind of smart. And so Meh. it's, uh, I mean, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're up there. You're pretty up there. You're gifted. I'll put it that way. No. You're gifted. And so, um, like, you know, a lot of, ba- because you do a lot of reading, a lot of research, a lot of background. You understand and, uh, the way I think people should think about things maybe maybe we just see things eye to eye it could be it's part of it and tony also likes off the air if i say something tony disagrees with me like he doesn't like hide it like he'll be like dennis (laughs) that's no you're wrong yo in the past if we had arguments over like tony has no problem saying no i you know this doesn't work for me or i don't like this sort of thing so we know where each of us are coming from on it whereas like when i uh do the podcast with zach as a counterpoint like part of that is we, we have a deliberate friction there on purpose. Now, some of that is Zach and I just see things differently. Right. So that's how we approach that. But we know that that's the, that's that odd couple approach. Right. Whereas here we don't do that same strategy because honestly, we just see the hobbies pretty similarly. And that's just, uh, I don't, I don't know. Our personalities are different, but I just think that and when it comes to like gaming, that's just sort of how we see it. But when we approach the podcast, I think the main thing that we do is we've tried very hard to be genuine with the opinions without going so far as to just be mean for mean's sake. Right. So we keep that for after right, the podcast right. is now done. Now we we'll still use, you know, sometimes hyperbole is used. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we use more of it off air. Uh, but one of the big things is like, if we think a manufacturer's made a mistake or we think pricing's stupid, we say that, but we, but we try not to do is say, you know, John Doe who works at Haggis is a problem. And needs to be fired right. or he's a loser. Like we don't try and make it personal and we try and be fair. Even on the thing, like I've, you know how I've said, I'm not buying a pinball brothers product because I don't agree with how they acquired uh finance financially out of the liquidation of highway. Right. That I thought they played a, a shell game to advantage themselves. In my opinion, I don't like how they did business legal, but I don't like how they did it. Right. I'll still try and be absolutely fair when I play queen and say this is my honest assessment of this game that stands separate from the fact that i would never buy it right well and 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 just like you said there's we've had multiple some of them quite extended discussions of ethics just period Mm. on the podcast and in the way companies represent themselves and the kind of things they do because those are things that are important to us uh to be honest and truthful with it all uh and I stand in the same way. It's like, I'll say, give my honest opinion. Right. And just because I don't like a game doesn't mean I don't like the guy who designed the game or the artist who did the art for the game or the music, whoever did the music. That doesn't mean I don't like them. Uh, some of them I actually like quite a lot. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they can't put out a bad game. I've put out all sorts of bad stuff in my life. Sure. And I've made all sorts and, of mistakes. And the opposite's true as well, uh, where there are people in this industry, especially like because I cover pinball so much, there are people in pinball I do not like. But if they have a good product, I try and be fair about that and say, yeah. no, this is a this is a good game or this is a good uh, topper or good whatever. I mean, there's probably not any really good. Obviously, toppers, is there a honestly. good topper? No, it, let not me rephrase. The price they are, but is there a good topper 
other than Whirlwind. Let's be honest. I like most beacons. Like TNA's beacon, beacon pretty be- good. Beacons are cool. Getaway, high speed. Nice, two. simple. Pretty good beacon. I, I like. I like a simple alien? beacon. I like those beacons. Yeah. Yellow, very alieny. Yeah. yeah. Like I the, like this simple. Yeah. Maybe maybe toppers are getting but, too. But complicated. that does remind. I know we're kind of digressing, but whatever. It's episode <laughs> two hundred. People can turn it off whenever they want. Um, but related, I think related to Chris's question, like in goals and stuff. Uh, you brought up the one about you know like you know you know. I don't want to make it sound like we're not journalists. I'm not trying to, I want to use the phrase speaking truth to power, but I don't actually assume that the power listens. Uh, right. We don't come at it from that. I they might. That phrase they before. might. Yeah. Well, because I think it's important that, because especially in pinball, this isn't as much in video games, but especially in pinball, there is no mainstream like hobby media that exists of any size to like video games actually has a professional media. Correct. Now we can talk about and criticize how close they are in order to get, uh, you know, not have embargoes on doing game reviews and stuff and what they might do or how in nothing terms gets of, under a 70%. Right. Or how they need to get ad, you know, they get ad money from the gaming companies that they are reviewing. And same thing happens in wristwatches too. There's a watch media. So there's a professional watch media, but how many of them are doing collaborations and selling their own watches or selling straps or whatever? Uh, so there are issues when that, but in Pimble, we don't even have that. I mean, we got shows like this. You got, uh, you have you have sites like Pinball News, yeah, uh, and and Twip, uh, uh, this week in Pinball, but this week in Pinball mostly just aggregates other people's work and launches it. Pinball News doesn't cover every single thing; it mostly covers releases. Uh, so you know we just don't have, uh, and that's just like a hobby. I don't think Martin makes mu- I don't think he makes his living off of Pinball News. He's like a professional journalist who has a real job, and. So most people actually end up turning to things like podcasts. And that's where you we're in an environment where, you know, my co-host on the pinball show is a professional distributor. So when people that it's right of them to want to question, what does that mean when the person relies on selling new games, how they will view everything through through their lens of survival? It's a fair question. Yeah, we don't have that because we don't outside of like what Patreon dollars we get for our podcast. We don't have any pinball money coming in or video game money we've occasionally had free games for review come in but was i mean we didn't yeah free video whatever. games review. it's whatever but we're not really a game right, review right. and we announce either. it if we get the game like we've oh, gotten steam codes. it gets announced as it should it gets announced but no one sent us like pinball no one's giving us pinball machines to review i've had offers for mods i've turned them all down to like hey i'll send you will you review this mod if i send it to you and you get to keep it and put it in your godzilla I'm like, no not interested. Just not my approach. Uh, and, and, but because of that, the, the opposite ends up happening sometimes too. Like I remember someone contacted us once uh, because you had criticized a company. It was on, uh, on the issue. It was an ethical issue about something. And that company made an adjustment to what was listed uh, mm-hmm. to address your concern. And Someone else uh, had contacted, uh, I don't remember, they contacted us, may have actually been directly to me, and they kind of, they had mentioned that the change had happened, but they they had volunteered that, oh, well, you know, Tony could have reached out to the company and told them about this to get it fixed. The, 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 you know, the, in my view, (laughs) the, the hidden between the lines of you shouldn't have done it publicly you shouldn't have criticized it and i think this was a, a case where you did one of your videos it on, did on instagram i should not, get back not actually to that. Them, i should no. get back to doing those but those were a lot of fun but and and that's fair enough like i i i totally understand that perspective because for example let me let me give you let me give you listeners a little secret here 
little secret. If you like go on Facebook comments or you go on Pinside and you criticize the episode, we don't take the criticism as seriously as if you actually emailed it to us because you're posturing for social media karma if you're yeah. posting it publicly. You're not actually trying to fix it. You're trying to showboat. That's the initial interpretation that we would have because why are you doing it publicly? Like if you have a problem with a restaurant, you call the restaurant or talk to the manager. You don't get up and scream. But some people go and do that and put it like a one-star Yelper doing right. become known as the evil Yelper. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> the evil just, Yelper. Yeah, are you actually after reforms or you just want to posture and whine and talk about how, you know, how much better of you you would you know, run the podcast, which maybe your podcast would be better. It's yeah, totally possible. Start a, pop- start totally a podcast. Possible. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It isn't your job as an entertainer, because that's what we are, entertainers, of doing Instagram or saying something on the podcast, we are not in this to fix pinball companies. That's not, it is not our goal. If you have an ethical issue because you're misadvertising what your product is, the reason why Tony doesn't contact the company directly is that is not his area of interest. It is exposing this issue publicly. That is the goal. That is the sole goal. The goal is not to make the pinball company better. It's just not. Yeah. I've said uh, a few times, uh, so repeatedly, but not all that often, um, that surprises some people because I'll see others sometimes, other podcasters in particular, they'll talk about, especially they've been a little critical on a game they didn't like, and they'll go, but we wish the company all the best. I don't. I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean it in a totally neutral way. I do not care if the company succeeds or fails. It's not, the hobby will exist regardless. So... If I start, if my agenda, if I come in with an agenda, because it is an agenda of wanting a company to succeed, I'm already coming in at it from a biased perspective. And we could do that as an entertainment podcast. That's just not the strategy that we choose to employ. Yeah. No, I I feel if I think something, I say it, I, in a hundred percent honesty, clean it up when I say it on the podcast. People who've talked to me in person definitely would know that. People who know me outside of the podcast and like meeting up at TPF 100% know that I am nowhere near as clean or as nice as I come off on a lot of the stuff. But that does not stop me from um, putting my opinion out there. If I don't like something, I don't like it. It doesn't matter. You can be my best friend in the world. And, and, and like, like Dennis is, and if I, if he does something I don't like, I am going to tell him uh, if a pinball company could be my favorite pinball company in the world puts out a game that I think is just complete garbage. I'm going to say that game is complete garbage because that's how I feel. And that's my opinion of it. And just because they should not require someone to stroke their egos and tell them that everything is okay and have just yes men fans who say, yes, this is great. You did great. You're a good boy. That's not necessary uh, because that is where you will start to have the serious issues. If a, game's got, if a game is a, is a dud, it's a dud. It happens. And then they'll put out another game. And it could be another dud or it could be amazing. But if people start telling them that the duds are great games and they just keep turning out duds and nobody tells them they're turning out duds and then their sales start falling and nobody knows why, that does nobody any good. Yeah. If a game is bad, and just because I think a game's bad doesn't mean that other people will think a game's bad. If I don't have fun with it, I don't like the theme, I think it shoots poorly. None of that means that other people won't have the exact opposite effect. Uh, at the same time, how many people love games that are universally considered terrible games just because they like the designer, they like the company that put it out, they like the artist? 
doesn't it's like oh uh, no this is the greatest game i've ever played it's not man you don't have to pretend you can love something and it not say it's the greatest thing ever it's okay to say yeah this game has issues but i still love it there are also some people that this is going to sound kind of mean but i don't mean it to be but they don't really have any taste so in the sense that you you here's how you can identify if you're one of those people do you like all pinball then you don't have taste you just like everything and maybe that would be a great state to be in but that is not the state that i live in right so uh, yeah, if you actually like all pinball is if you're an all pinball is good pinball, that's fine. But just bear in mind, like you're expressing that you basically have no critical evaluation capabilities whatsoever, <laughs> at least in the hobby of pinball. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, it's all good. Like, I'm sure glad like if you're out there going, I, well, you know, would I rather have no pinball or El Toro? I mean, I would say at none. I just no, we don't need pinball. <laughs> just no. I mean, if I, it's kind of like someone's like, oh, I've never had a bad slice of pizza. You're lying. Yeah, you haven't had Gumby's pizza. You haven't had Lawrence. Gumby's pizza. I would rather pizza not exist than have Gumby's ever again. Oh, it was the absolute worst thing. I've had dollar store frozen pizzas that were better than Gumby's yeah, pizza. Gumby's was it didn't get finished, and I had no money, and it didn't matter. <laughs> Starvation was better. Yes, it was a better choice. It was dirt would have been, been better. At least dirt would have tasted like what I expected to taste like dirt. Yes. Anyway, I hope that answers your question, Chris. We went very well in depth. We explored our emotions on covering the hobby. And separate from that, uh, Wayne S. wrote in, in defiance of our explicit instructions and sent an audio clip. So I'll go ahead and drop it in here now. You're rewarding defiance. What's up, Eclectic Gamers Podcast? This is Wayne Sager from Tucson Pinball and the Tucson Pinball Podcast. Just wanted to say congratulations on your upcoming 200th episode. Thanks for all the thoughtful conversations on pinball and video games. Um, I'm going to miss being rumor-tained, but I am looking forward to the next Activision Blizzard snafu update. Dennis, uh, may all your weekday tournaments be three hours or less. And uh, guys, if, if you want to get some burritos at TPF, let me know. Till then, party on. Thank you, Wayne, for not listening to us and obeying even the simplest of instructions. Um, we appreciate it. So let's go to pinball, Tony. Finally. We, we've kind of been talking about fair, it. We've been talking about it. We've, we've been talking about it for the 50 plus minutes of our intro. Hey, this, is, th- this, is, this is an episode 200. <laughs> oh, this is going to be. This is about us. Oh, the emails coming in. And we're like, you know what? I didn't like the pinball show's 20 minute intros where Zach and Dennis talk about demolition derby and Dennis's stupid job and how they don't ever go to expo or whatever. But this is, an, but but, but this is episode 200. Just, to be fair, this episode could be just. We're talking about, about pizza and how it tastes like crap. This episode terrible. could just be about terrible. us, and it's okay. No, terrible. I hate we it. get to make those decisions. Oh, well. It's too late. It's too late. I can't edit all that out. I can only cut so much. Uh, so, pinball. I, pinball news. Let's go ahead and do that really quick, uh, because we actually have some more Patreon stuff related to pinball that I've tossed into this section. I don't know if you've heard, Tony. You probably have heard. You you get around. You've been around the block when it comes to news. I mean, I'm I the didn't town mean bicycle, baby. <laughs> I didn't mean it in that context. I'm the town bicycle. <laughs> 
Uh, Everyone gets a ride. Gosh, it's, just, it's, too, it's too. It's too early. It's too. Early. It's like it's like eleven a.m. right now. It's too early. I'm like one of those. Spe- I'm like one of those fighting game gamers. I can't get up before three. Man, come on. Um, Stern pinball, biggest, uh, most powerfulest. Uh, I'm the most powerful Jedi ever. Sorry, uh, most powerful uh, pinball manufacturer. My new empire. Uh, yes. We're we're gonna get to that. <laughs> that's some that's some foreshadowing, as we call it. Um, they released a new limited edition of Jurassic Park, Keith Elwin's Jurassic Park game, the, you know, so the new Jurassic Park. Um, also, incidentally, a uh, code update for like all the Jurassic Parks has also been pushed out for so with some new features yeah. and stuff. But in terms of the new version, they launched, it's just cosmetic. So there's new Translite, there's new cab art. I think they did a new powder coat. It's 500 units. The first run of LEs is 500 units as well. But these LEs are at the current or new LE price, like the Foo Fighters LE price of essentially $13,000. LE just mean, don't mean nothing. So LE so means th- nothing. That's what I wanted to ask you. What are your thoughts on, on, and I mean, we've talked about pricing on LEs and stuff before. That's not particularly interesting to me. I think what I'm interested to know is what is your stance on them going back to the well and kind of pulling a JJP with Waz and saying, oh, well, here's a new LE, ver- but it, it does look, it does look different. Like the art's significantly different. Well, it's a, it's a not di- the playfield art because they didn't change that, <laughs> but the the actual you know the 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 cosmetics on the exterior look different. So that's the argument is well, it's a different type of LE, so it's okay. Um, is it really an LE? Yes, because it's doing a limited thing. Calling it LE is I, the way pinball treats LE. It's not as bad as watches treat limited. Mm. editions okay uh because you know your limited edition runs of 125,000 watches is insane but sure. but you know like jjp does like 5,000 right uh, i don't LE see how you could consider godfathers right and i don't see how anything that could be considered it's insane uh putting out another 500 it's a special edition they okay that's fine whatever i just think le's are not le's anymore uh they are getting to the point where it's just the addition. It's not even necessarily the addition you want unless you're specifically an LE hunter. Cause I think in a lot of cases, the pros and or premiums are better than the LEs. And we've seen that time and time again, where the art is in my opinion, better on the premiums in a lot of, in a lot of cases. Uh, and you get all the important gameplay features with the premium. So I don't think it's a big deal, but yeah, no, they diluted the LEs again, but there's, there's, completely different art so i guess it's a different special what they're gonna sell them they're gonna sell out i and i've heard uh sales has i don't know if they've sold all out yet but the, the sales have been good it's outperforming Vinamelli. well that's not a surprise at all here's the thing a jurassic park is a better license uh by far and b jurassic park is a really good game i really quite enjoy it so uh, Venom, I don't know. I haven't played it yet. We'll see. But for me, the license doesn't do anything uh, at all. Yeah, and in this case, I think the 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 issue was the um, you know it's like celebrating what is it the thirtieth anniversary or thirty fifth or something of Jurassic Park. That's yeah. the, that's the theme to the to this le. Uh, do, so do you think we're going to see more of these? 
like Ellie's redos because Ellie, maybe on on big enough because uh, this is a first for Stern that I can think of. I can't think of a time where they went like we've seen where they've done. I'll, I'll say shadier things like when they upped the LE count on right. Batman 66, the SLE count got bumped up to 80 and they bumped up the LE count on monsters when there was initial demand because of the art. Right. Uh, they bumped it up a few hundred. I, 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 th- I have more of a problem with those than this. Cause this I, feels I like a would. completely new edition. Uh, I, we might with a good selling game that has been popular and is well liked with a well liked license, uh, that has a big anniversary. I could see them doing more like this. I mean, Jurassic Park is one of those. I can tell you exactly. I remember exactly where I was when I first saw Jurassic Park in theaters. I saw Jurassic Park in theaters in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Oh, you're on vacation. We were on vacation. This was before we got our camper, so we were tent camping, and it was storming cats and dogs all day. So we got out of the tent, ran to the van, and went to the theater and got went to a theater in uh, at a mall in Colorado Springs uh, to grab some lunch and just be out of the rain and be out of the camper because or out of the tent because we'd been trapped in there for like a day and a half because it'd been raining for two days. And that movie was amazing. Mm-hmm. I I loved it. My you know, I'm, I I didn't I did not know that. Uh I knew you liked the movie. Uh yeah, my my story not nearly as as interesting, but but similarly I I was on vacation also because it was summer. Mm-hmm. Uh I saw it in Orlando. That was my trip to Disney World. And that was the first, what I think of as a, the first real vacation I remember ever having as a kid. Uh, because when we would go, when we would say vacation, it was always visit family. Right. So, you know, go down and see the grandparents in Arkansas or see the, the grandpa in Colorado or whatever. So that was like always our vacations. Uh, so that was like a few years before we were, we were told like in whatever year we were going to go to Disney World. And my parents did that. We, we, we actually executed on that. But, uh, I would, I, Got done with the book before going and seeing the movie because I was making sure I finished the book before the movie uh, came out. And then, yeah, I loved the movie. It was awesome. Yeah. My father and I had both read the book. Mm-hmm. And, and and we were like, all of our family is in this area. So our vacations were vacations, but they were literally throw a, a, a stove, a, a camp stove, a tent, and we would just have like a six-man tent and we'd go to a campground and we'd go camping. And that, that's, the, that's what our vacations were up until... Oh, very until the last few vacations before, like I moved out of the house where they bought up bought a little pop up camper to tow behind the van uh, to have that instead of setting up a tent all the time. But uh, yeah, no, it was just one of those things that it's always stuck with me. Like I said we'd both read the we'd both read the book, we both loved the movie, and the whole thing was a great time. And, I don't have anything really negative around it. And it's part of the reasons why that license grabs me. Cause that license is, it's exciting. It's, it, it has, uh, uh, like this personal grab for me in addition to just being a fun license. All right. Well, thank you for your thoughts on that. And if those want to hear even more thoughts of mine, uh, the last episode of the pinball show, uh, I talk about that, uh, release with Zach. So you can hear that over there. I won't be overly repetitive. Uh, all right. Speaking of Patreon requests, here's another request we got, Tony. Uh, Johnny Pinball. He asked us to play a game. 
suggested that we play something. Now, he advocated for a couple of things. He advocated for us to either rank the top 200 pinball machines, which sounds like it would take way too long. So sorry, Johnny. I don't I don't think we did a 50 minute intro. We don't have time to <laughs> rank all 200 games. Um, or he uh, also thought about maybe we should do a classic Build-A-Bank. Here, we haven't done a Build-A-Bank in a long time. For those that don't remember, I dropped putting together the Build-A-Banks because we would have the people vote on pin side. And then they took the poll feature away from, uh, like, I think community group pages can still do polls, but quote unquote business pages can't, which is how uh, Collector Gamers Podcast is set up. And so I couldn't do the poll anymore. Now, we could do it and poll just our Patreon members. I don't, I mean, we have like, I don't know, like 50 Patreon members, around 50. I think it's 48 right now. Uh, you can join at patreon.com slash eclectic underscore gamers. But, because of that count and it feeling like it doesn't involve everyone who's listening, I wasn't keen on it. So what, here's what I thought. Let's I wonder play if di- there's a poll system bot thing that we can put together for the Discord. I'll look into it. Yeah, I do future. know there is polling stuff because our uh, the Kansas State Tryhard Discord has used that before, uh, something like that at one point at least to when they were playing. This was years ago, but they were playing around with some. I think it was them. Uh, one of the discords I've been on has played around with poll software. So yeah, that would be an option. There's another option we've done before. Before we did build a bank, we did other votes. We used to just put together uh, like a Google poll and, and give the link out and people could go and vote through Google. Mm-hmm. We used to do that a lot. Uh, but for today, here's what I decided we would do. I'm going to take the idea of that top 200 and the idea of build a bank and kind of mix them together. It's not going to be a votey thing, though. Um, we can ask people they could just comment. Comment on the Facebook post or on the Discord, wherever you want, if you want to say whose rank is better. But here's what, I, what I've done. What I did is I went ahead and I loaded up the list of, of Pinside ranked solid state games. They're like 200 and some now. They've, they've scaled them down because uh, someone had told me they um, now it takes like, I don't know, 40 or 50 reviews before a game can be ranked on Pinside. They raised the number. So it used to be like 300 some games in the list. And now it's like 234 or 250. I don't remember. 200. Those are rookie numbers. We can yeah, bump those numbers up. So here's what I did. I took those, just took the numbers, went to random.org and said, give me 10 numbers out of this range. And I'm going to now hand you a physical sheet of paper. Ooh, a physical sheet of paper. And a physical pen, so oh, you can make man. notes, because I'm ready. I'm prepared. Ooh. There you go. Fancy. So You're so fancy. So, listeners, I already, I did all this on Friday, so these numbers may, I don't know when Pinside recalculates, so the numbers may be different by the time you hear this, but here's what they were in order. Now, we're actually going to have 11 games, because one of the ranks had games, uh, two games were tied, so I included both. So we're actually going to, what we're going to do is we're going to rank 11 games that were randomly chosen out of the list. That's what that's what this all my wordiness is a setup for. So here are the games, listeners, so you can play along at home if you wish to. Per random.org, we are going to cover game number 214, which is CSI Crime Scene Investigation. That's a Stern 2008 title. We're going to cover game number 62, The Getaway High Speed 2. We're going to cover game 176. That's Nine Ball, a Stern Electronics game from 1980. We're going to cover game 247. That's Space Invaders, Bally 1980. Game 220, that was a tie. So we're going to cover the X-Files, Sega 1997, and Stern's Indiana Jones, the 2008 title. We're going to cover game rank number 50. That's The Shadow, Bally 1994. We're going to cover game 105. That's Firepower, Williams 1980. Game 207 is Devil's Dare, Gottlieb 1982. 
Game 171, which is F-14 Tomcat, the System 11 game, Williams 1987. And game number three, Foo Fighters, Stern 2023. So I'm going to... We're going to take a little bit of time here, and Tony and I are going through the magic of editing. You won't have to sit through all of this, but we are going to rank our games, and then we're going to discuss how we rank them. I made both columns on our sheet, Tony, so that I could write down your ranks. Right, yeah. Don't don't feel like you need to make up my ranks. I'll I'll come up with them myself. Okay, we are back. We have our rankings done. So I thought the way we could do it is we'll start with our number ones, and we'll just kind of go and explain our thoughts on the the game. Okay. back and forth and so like you'll say your number one and i won't really comment on it i'll let you say why you put it at number one and then i'll say my number one and like that so go ahead what is your what is the best game of these 11 that we randomly drew the getaway high speed two okay why it is one of those games that always draws me back uh it's not the most complicated game, but it has a high fun factor. And when you can get everything set up just right, it's one of those games where you walk away feeling good just from having pulled off some of the stuff that might not necessarily be the easiest to do on a normal basis. And it's just, the accelerator is just so much fun. It, 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 you put something in there, you might you might not have mistimed it and not got the kind of points off of it you wanted to, but man, it is so much fun watching that ball zip around there. It's just it's just bliss and joy. Okay. Uh, my number one is the Getaway High Speed Two, Bruh. I <laughs> what the okay, um, yeah, uh, it's oh, it's so flowy. It's not Steve Ritchie's flowiest game, but uh, on this list, uh, this was a pretty easy pick for me. I, uh, it's uh, I've I've really thought about getting one multiple times. Again, I mentioned the beacon earlier when I was talking about good toppers. That beacon, the integration when you were in the multi ball, which is your goal in that game to try and get the multi ball and get the jackpots and the, the the audio that it works on the ball locks really cool. As long as the game's tuned well, so like the left kickback can actually go and hit the 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 saucer. Uh, and do that. The, yeah, the video mode's kind of goofy, but you know, shift gears. And oh, by the way, don't put a pin gulp over on the side with the shift. Yeah, you want to shift that with your knee. That's yes, when you, you do. feel like you're in full on control mode, where you're like, like, bam, whatever. That's how you tell when you see yeah. someone pop it with their knee. That's yep. that's how you know. That's you know a getaway lover. Yeah, that is so absolutely. This was easy number one for me. Easily. What's your number two? You tell me your number two. Okay, well, my number two is the shadow. Oh. So why the shadow? Okay. I actually like when it comes to Brian Eddy, Attack from Mars is my favorite game. I think you would agree with that. It's the best game of the 90s. But but the shadow is really cool. I mean, the modes are actually a lot of fun. I know a lot of people don't necessarily think about it, and that shot's kind of tight to hit to start the modes, but it's got a good mode diversity. It's just fun to be able to control the user controlled diverters. I mean, there's that. The the Sanctum Ball Lock is a nice little gimmick, which is not, not over the top. It looks cool. It looks cool. It plays really well. Plus, I got to admit, as far as upper playfields go, that like Pong thing is probably the best upper playfield I've ever played. So for those reasons, uh, yeah, I have to say this isn't really a game I've looked at owning because they go for so much. But at this point, but it's one of the like top quote unquote B tier Williams games. I Prefer Bram Stoker's Dracula over Shadow. That's the other big B tier right. I think of. But I like Shadow a lot. So for me, that's why it's number two. That works. That works. I am actually firepower. Firepower. And my reason on fire, it, it's a fast, flowy game. Once again, everything 
the shots feel good. Uh, and I consider it one of those kind of classic uh, of its generation games that have a just certain feel about it. Um, I always love fi- playing Fire If I'd had room for a second pinball machine when you sold your firepower, I, I would have bought it. But I don't have anywhere but to you're play. out of room. I've, I've only got room for one machine. It doesn't really even fit that great where it's at. But but I definitely don't have room for a second machine. But if I did, I would have totally picked it up then because I just that game just does it for me. It's just a lot of fun. What's your number three? I put Foo Fighters. Mm, the Foo. This was tough for this one was tough for me. I actually almost put this a little lower than this because I don't have a lot of play time on Foo so far. But it's just like the other games. It flows well. It's fun. You when you do complete stuff and when you successfully make some the shots, you feel good about it. And quite frankly, that little save flip up post uh, on the outlane when you get all the timing and stuff just right on it, and it's great. It feels so great. You feel so accomplished when you do it, or at least I do. And when it actually, when you get everything set up and it works and it bounces out, it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Uh, my number three actually was Firepower. So I owned Firepower for a number of years. Uh, I, you know, I I done everything you could do on it. It was a fairly simple game, so I I did let it go. Uh, yeah, it's really fast, and that's what I like about it. Part of the reason I went ahead and put it under Shadow is, unfortunately, while it's fun to be in multiball, there's no, like you get no points for going into yeah. multiball, and you get no mo- multiplier. And I understand the system couldn't handle it, and so people have done updates where, but you have to you have to upgrade the board set to even do that. So I never went that route. But um, for me, it's just a classic uh, game of brutality. A little more fair though than say a Flash Gordon in the sense of the brutality. It's a little more controllable than yes. that because uh, you can you can rely on explaining the orbits and stuff and have relative control. But so that's why it was my number three. And moving to my number four, that's where I put Foo Fighters. Uh, yeah, Jack Danger and his integration of a lot of concepts that I, I feel we've seen in a number of pinball machines, but hadn't seen them in a while. Like the like he has like that kicking rubber, uh, that the using the post for the save on the premium LE uh, is a lot of fun. And the big thing I think that's nice about Foo Fighters, and again, I don't have a lot of time on it either, is I think why it did so well, besides kind of bringing back a lot of things we haven't seen in a while, is it's rule set seems pretty approachable and the ball times seem relatively long. And that's something that I think some like Elwin's more popular games, anything that's really brutal, people don't score very well anymore. Right. That's why fan layouts often score so high. Cause you can actually keep the ball alive. Now you can tune these all to be as brutal as you want, but I think that the ability to walk up to it at a show, like how we did at Texas mm-hmm. and be able to spend some time on it and feel like, Oh wait, we're actually making progress. Uh, you know, there, it's, it's neat. It's controllable. Um, I don't have enough time to necessarily move it up higher where maybe it should be. Plus, well, there's some aspects uh, like the 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 flick move on the premium that I really like. I didn't care for the upper play field. Uh, so there's some other things like add-ons on it that I don't love. Uh, don't really detract overall. I, I understand why this is a top 10 game, uh, but um, why it wouldn't be my number one game on this list is... For reasons like that. I, maybe yeah. with more time it would move up. But I, I really haven't played it except maybe one time uh, since Texas. So, All right. So that's my number four. What's your number four? The Shadow. Mm. For all the reasons you stated. 
uh, the diverter and the sanctuary ball lock and everything. It's just that game is one of those that is just there. And I think it's, it's high going price makes sense because of what that game is and how enjoyable it is. Okay. What's your five? What did I put as five? I don't know. A game that I know you didn't, F-14 Tomcat. Once again, high speed. Wow, I just realized I have a pattern. Uh, high speed, high brutality, uh, uh, lots of fun um, game that just really uh, jumps out at me. Uh, I don't like it more than a lot of those other games in this list, uh, but it is definitely a game that I would not say no to having in a personal collection. Okay. My number five is a 14. Oh, really? Yes. I figured it'd be a lot lower because I know how much you don't really like that game. I don't like playing the game competitively because it's too fast for me. Right. But I like to believe that one day I could just memorize where the ball is going to be and it'll be okay <laughs> and I'll be all right. So, yeah. My problem with F14 is it's the only game that I've ever played that while sober, I feel like the ball moves too quick for my reaction time. Like, I just feel like it's too fast for me. That said, like going for the the Yagoff target and doing all of that and the multi-ball, it's all really, really fun. And it is nice and immersive for the era. Mm -hmm. So plus some of these other games on this list are kind of crap. <laughs> so are. so because of that, I'm kind of like I uh, it's it has to be kind of near the middle. It's basically middle of the pack. So because my number six game is CSI. Now, I don't have a lot of time on CSI. CSI, I remember watching one of the old Papa tutorials, and they showed how like you could exploit the, uh, I want to call it the mix master. But the like centrifuge. The, yeah, the centrifuge target. There's like a big exploit. And when I've played it, I've like, okay, I'll try and do the exploit. Of course, I'm not good enough to do the exploit. But I mean, this was like peak bad Stern, right? 2008. So the, the, Very the, true. the recession's hitting. We've got a, a theme that, like 60 plus year old people loved at the time <laughs> we were watching all the, these crime scenes. We got Caruso glasses and memes getting ready to, to be made. And this was a hot, I like it's got three different multi-balls and the three different coders all came up with their own. So the game is such a, some of the shots are cool, but like everything about from its Photoshop art to its design by committee rule set, just uh, it's, this is not peak pinball, but there are some cool toys on it. So, I mean, in the same way that you could say 24 is kind of cool because it's got the little sniper shot and the briefcase and whatever, but it's like, uh, I have like zero interest in this game. Some people go after it because they didn't make all that many, uh, but I mean, see, I'd rather have F14. Yeah. So that's kind of like where I'm kind of like, okay, well, yeah. All right. So anyway, so, so CSI is my, my number six. All right. My number six is Space Invaders. It's 100% the art package. Mm. That art package is beautiful. Stolen. The game, well, yeah, but the Jeez. game is wide and not terribly fun, uh, but it is, the, the art package is just so there. It is so on par, and, and, and I just really like it that way. Okay. Uh, what is your number seven? Stern Indiana Jones. Okay. We're starting to see more divergence between the two of us at this point, I'll note. So why 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 Dr. Jones? It is the worst of the Indiana Jones games, in my opinion. 
Out of all two of them, yes. Correct. I think the world agrees with you. <laughs> Continue. But it's still Indiana Jones, and there's still a couple of redeeming features in it. Um, but no, for the most part, the whole bottom of my list is stuff that's just like, meh. So it, it, it's there. Uh, I would never have it in a collection. Uh, I would have zero interest in it. Uh, but there's worse games to come. Okay. My number seven is uh, Nine Ball, Stern Electronics. I'm trying to remember if I've ever played Nine Ball. I think I have. I think at, at, at TPF one year there was one, and I got some time on it. Nine Ball's often broken. I know it's often a broken game. There's like a light board thing or something. I don't know. Listen to Slamshot Podcast, and I know they talk about Nine Ball and issues with with fixing them up and stuff. Conceptually, in general, I found these pool-themed games pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, but in the world of Stern Electronics, this is way down on a list of like anything I would own. Like I would much rather have a Stars, Meteor, uh, you know, I'm not even a wide body person, but flight 2000, I'd want like all of that stuff before nine ball. Um, it's kind of cool. It's got an interesting art package. Uh, I think the, I think the gameplay is approachable. So I went ahead and, and stuck it in as, as my number seven, but I don't feel strongly on it cause I don't have much time on it. Right. But, uh, the reason again, uh, is I'm kind of thinking about it and what I knew, what little I know about it versus some of these other games on the list. So jumping to my number eight, is where I put the X-Files. So I have played X-Files before. I didn't care for it. It felt super wood choppy. I remember shooting a filing cabinet a bunch. Uh, but again, it looked kind of X-Files in an office setting sort of thing. Like it's, It was like, okay, this is all right. Um, I, again, I, I'm not a huge X-Files fan. So, but... But and Tony is so it's interesting he hasn't picked it yet, but but eh, it was okay. Like conceptually, I kind of got the idea of you know going how you you, know, you go about and you try and get the multi ball and all of that. And it was just like, um, but of that era, those daddies of that era, excuse me, those Segas of that era were all kind of like these wood choppy and a multi ball. I mean, like if I had to rank X Files versus Lost in Space, X Files was better. A better. I played them both the same same year, same show. Yeah, and I was like, wow, both of these aren't great. But, right, but Lost in Space was bad. Uh, this was a, more like meh. But on this list, it's we're getting in the lower end of meh. We're so, getting pretty. Yeah, yeah we are. We're, we're so getting... it's eighth for me. It's in no way. I like in no way. It's a winner. Uh, it just didn't resonate with me. I didn't like the rule set. I didn't like the layout. Uh, the toys were kind of cool. That's about it. So eight for me. What's your eight? CSI. Okay. Same general stuff you put in. Uh, I've only played it like once or twice. Uh, it doesn't have any great draw to me. Uh, and it doesn't have the license helping or hurting it. It's it's a license that's there. I've mm. watched like all the CSIs. Oh, okay. That's more than uh, me. Not, not like every episode, but I've seen some of all of the variants of CSI mm. at one time or another. And some of them are good. Some of them are bad. I don't know. Uh, but the game is very meh. What's your number nine? The X-Files. Okay. Because it hurt me. Mm. It yes, hurt sir, me because you're a huge I fan. love the X-Files. And and the, the X-Files game hurts me. It, I feel like it is a license that had a lot of potential uh, that was definitely not seen in the game. 
and it felt kind of like some of the later seasons of the show and those new seasons, the special seasons that came out later, and some of the movies that just took the thing that I loved uh, and destroyed it. Wow. But not dead last. No. <laughs> Complete. Okay. Well, my number nine is Devil's Dare. I, I cannot remember this game. I remember the art. It gets to be nine because of the art, and that's the only reason I have it this high, which is not high at all. But um, not I. I cannot remember if I've honestly I can't remember if I've played it or not. It's that uh, outside the art, nothing memorable about that game. Early '80s Gottlieb actually had some pretty interesting games. Uh, I think this one has its fans. Uh, I've had, I've never had any interest in it whatsoever. So I went ahead and stuck that as my number nine, but I don't have a lot to say on it. And the main thing, I all I can say is that because of that enigma of me not knowing about it, I still favor that over two more games. Because <laughs> my number 10 is Stern Indiana Jones. That game is an abomination. Stern actually, as a company, should be issuing an apology <laughs> for what they put out on the public then. Again, 2008, same year as CSI. Things are hurting. Oh my God, that game, that game is not good. That game, it's not good rules. It's not a good layout. The only reason it's not number 11 is when the arc releases the balls, it looks cool. That's why it's 10th. Cool ball release. That's it. They have no need to apologize. They owe the world an apology. Until we get an apology for Crystal Skull. (laughs) Part-time. <sighs> so I've not even seen the new one. I have zero interest. Crystal Skull killed Indiana Jones for me. Mm. Well, Crystal Skull, uh, yeah. I mean, I did see the new Indiana Jones, and I did see Crystal Skull, and Crystal Skull had a number of issues. The um, I I mean, when there a, f- a few months ago, there was like a rumor going around about like Indiana Jones being re released, redone in honor of the new movie. And I'm like, no not, way, not with, not with. Not with that layout. I don't even think they reuse the layout. I think you need to start over from scratch if you're doing a new Indiana Jones. Don't just like, I, yeah, the rules are the biggest problem, but no. That rumor is so bad that that, that, that rumor we didn't even report be, on yeah, it. Yeah, that couldn't even be rumor cornered rumor. Because it's bad. That rumor is somebody it's snorted bad, like way too much meth or I coke mean, or something and just had I rem- like a I fever I vaguely dream. remember when we had this Indiana Jones uh, at Pizza West in the tournaments. Oh, the, <sighs> I was still pretty new to the tournament scene then, but oh, the complaints. And now, no, that game never came back. Never I know. That, that's right up there when, when Mario was in the. Yes. Yes. But they. Yes. <laughs> Mario was there as an experiment to see about kids and quarters was why Mario was there. And the tournament people were a sad byproduct, but at least that game had been modified because the problem with Mario is it's too easy. Right. So they added a second flipper rubber onto the one flipper. (laughs) So you couldn't just repeat the shot over and over. And that seemed to work. It really did ruin the game because then it just wasn't fun at all. Uh, But whereas Indiana Jones ruined itself and I don't think any flipper rubbers are going to fix that. (laughs) So anyway, uh, that's why it's my number 10. What's your number 10? Nine ball. Because I don't recall ever seeing one working. Mm. I mm. remember seeing the machine, but every time I've seen it, it's been off because there was something wrong with it. So by the process of elimination, this seems to mean that your 11th would be Devil's Dare. Mm-hmm. Why do you hate Devil's Dare? I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, 
So it's just kind of by default. By default? Okay. Well, by default, my 11th has to be Space Invaders. That you put this at six is beyond. I mean, I understand that you did it because of the art. I did it 100% uh, and, and because I, of the art. And yeah, the art's cool. You got Geiger stolen art on the back glass, and then you've got the fun video game Space Invaders on the play field. Oh, yeah. This is perhaps, perhaps Bally's worst game prior to 1982. <laughs> and I'm including the EMs. Wow. And I think they did El Toro. There was like a Williams El Toro and a Bally El Toro. I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't remember which El Toro is the bad one. Let's just say both of them are bad. But this game, oh my God. It's it's like taking the worst of, what is it? Uh, what's the guy? The Silver Ball Mania, the silver one oh, where you can just yeah. repeat the horseshoe. Yeah. It's like, but all the, ge- because it's a wide, all the geometry is off. None of the shots feel good. You have plenty of time as slow as this game is to admire the art. Right. I've heard one. I think there was. I think I've been on Slam Tilt podcast. Someone they had a guest on who actually like defended this game and said it was good. He is oh, wrong. Yeah, he, no, he is wrong. You're totally wrong. Bally got absorbed by Williams years and years later, which of course then it's not Williams anymore. I think it became Scientific Games or what. I I don't know who owns the rights to Bally at this stage. They owe us an apology. <laughs> they owe Geiger's estate an apology first for thieving. Truth. But second, they owe the public an apology for making a video game theme into a pinball machine and making it this bad. This game is worse than Spy Hunter Pinball. And Spy Hunter Pinball is garbage. Wow. But at least Spy Hunter Pinball was like, let's do something weird and offset the flippers all the way off to the right. Was it a good idea? Absolutely not. Was it creative? Yes. Nothing about Space Invaders is creative. Everything was stolen. Everything was bad. Everything about it was bad. It is, I want to say it's the worst, yeah, I'm going to stick with my statement. Worst game prior to 1982 Bally ever did. I would love to have that bad glass on my wall, though. Yes. Just steal it. I mean, they stole it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm not like, take it from an, like, like, scan it for Sona it or something. I don't know. I don't know. All right, so those are our ranks. So here's what I'll do. I'll make an image because I have this in Excel. I'll make a, a an image file with our ranks added in. And I think I'll do is I'll, I'll do a post on Facebook, a post on our Patreon, and a post on our Discord. Mm-hmm. And then people can comment, like, did they like your ranking better or my ranking better? And of course, feel free to rank them. We don't really care, but feel free to rank them yourself. I, I, I'm not going to read them on air because I don't care what you guys rank them as. But I'll read them personally. Yeah, Tony might read them personally. I, <laughs> I'm not even committing to that, honestly, because I'm tired. But um, all right. So uh, anyway, Johnny, I hope you enjoyed the game. If you didn't, we're sorry. We just subjected you to. I, I just threw my sheet away. And I'm like, that's where I'm waiting, writing all my timestamps down on the for, for those who don't know behind the scenes, I actually write timestamps down. That's what that's why my edit time is so much faster than so many other podcasts. Is I actually make marks where all the errors are while we go live. So, and by errors, I also mean like this is where the dead air is, where Tony and I need to go and sit here and rank eleven games, right? So things like that. This is where Tony cussed. Right. This is where I cussed. This is where the dogs outside started barking. Sure. This things is where like the that. cobs right. broke through the windows and mm. said, "Oops, we're sorry, wrong house." Yeah, that uh, one that one hasn't actually happened yet. Yet, yeah, yeah. yet. Uh, last part of the pinball segment, and then we can go to video games. Cause wrote in on our Patreon, and Cause asked us to bring back Rumor Corner for episode 200. Okay, Cause, here it is. Rumor Corner, Rumor Corner, Rumor 
up our case. Is that right, Tony? Yeah. All right. Earlier in this episode, Tony, we were sitting here talking about the Jurassic Park, the anniversary, the 500 new LEs that are different than the old LEs because they have different art package. Here's the rumor. As I noted during that part, I said, I've been hearing reports from a variety of distributors that the Jurassic Park sales were going good. I, I didn't know by the time of this airing if they had actually sold them all out. Some of them had. I don't know if everyone. I don't know if all 500 are now unobtainium or not, but it was selling well. Given the success, there's already a lot of reports that Stern is, is looking at exploring doing this, because this has been in the works for a while, but exploring doing this model elsewhere. And more specifically, next year, 2024 is the 70th anniversary of Godzilla. Oh, that'd be so good. So for 2024, I'm hearing reports, rumors that they're going to do the same basic concept as Jurassic Park. It's going to be the same play field, same layout, same rules, whether or not they're, I didn't, the rumor doesn't include if they're going to do some sort of special code update thing like they did alongside this or not. I don't know about that, but New Translite, new cab art, special powder coating. The rumor also says that the count will be 1,000 LEs, making the total 2,000 a doubling because Godzilla came out at 1,000. I hate that. So, and that, the rumor is, the pricing will be 2024 LE pricing. I've not heard yet whether or not Stern is raising. Normally, they raise their price every January. So the assumption will be it would be higher than 13,000. I have, this is not a rumor, but I have speculated that given the downturn in the economy and the slowing, the cooling of, of consumer spending, Stern might not be raising prices in January because they're kind of high already. I think they'd be smart to but, hold off. But, but I, don't know, I don't know one way or the other. Just that it's not going to be like a SLE price. It will be regular LE pricing, whatever regular LE pricing is at the time of the release. Sometime, I don't know a month, but sometime in 2024. What do you think? Because I know you love Godzilla. I love Godzilla. Like as a theme, you love it. Separate I love from it the as game a theme. Itself. I love the license. I love the game. I think that it would be a really good move on their part if they want to continue to do something like this. 70th is a great anniversary, especially if they did the whole theming around the original Godzilla. What do you think about the thousand, though? The rumor that it would be another thousand. I think that's just that it would be because that's what they kicked out the first time. I think 500 would be better from a standpoint of just what is actually limited. But I think a thousand's high. I think if they kick out specials like these on big special anniversaries for certain high playing things and keep it at just 500, like they did with Jurassic Park, I think it would make sense. But a thousand, I can see them doing it. I have no problem seeing them doing it. I just think a thousand is too many. I I would normally agree. Like on principle, I agree with you that there should. I don't think there should be a thousand at least. Period. I think right. when they moved to a thousand, it was too much. I think it defeats the purpose. Again, we've seen this in other hobbies where it's like once you start getting that high, it's like is it is it really limited? Like you, that's where you get in the the whole debate about are you whale hunting or what are you doing here? Because the part of the desire of the LE, because the LE is mostly just profit to the company. I mean, it's where they make their most money. Uh, you know, the highest delta versus bill of material. However, Godzilla is their best game they've ever made. It has continued to do very well. You can now start finding premiums but 
of all the mainline games, like they're still making Deadpool, but they only make like one run a year. But of all the mainline games, it's still the one that like most of the orders come in on. So as my understanding. So given all of that, I do think that in this one instance, if they want to do a thousand, they could and sell them all out relatively quickly, especially if the new art package is not Jeremy Packer. Oh, they yeah. bring in an established Godzilla artist who does it in the style, the less saturated, uh, darker, mm-hmm. scarier, For sure. basically, style that a lot of Godzilla fans kind of wished are. I mean, Jeremy did a good job on Godzilla's art, but it's definitely not the art approach I wanted with Godzilla. You do a thousand units with someone who's like, I did Godzilla comics and made my name on this stuff. They'll, they'll sell. Oh, yeah. They'll that would be them. amazing. And so, again, that's not part of the rumor, but- I could understand this rumor coming to fruition easily for Stern if they're willing to contract with an artist who's established in the Godzilla space and does it in a very different aesthetic style. Yeah, that would definitely some that that would be amazing. That would look great. Are you not? Or they could completely theme it as Godzilla Final Wars, and mm. then get Don Fry to redo all of the voices. Mm. I'm kidding. <laughs> There's two things you don't know about Earth. One's me. And the other's Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I appreciate that the rumor was not that there's going to be a rumor corner for the 200th episode. <laughs> no, no. No, no. We, we have to rumortain the audience. There. There's, there's your rumor. I thought about saying, you know, like, he's not the first person to bring up us bring like there have been some complaints tony incidentally about us getting rid of rumor corner i've I've had someone ask if tps the pinball show could have rumor corner wow and i i did tell that person no like this just because egp is not using rumor corner does not mean you give the seconds to (laughs) zach uh to to exploit he's already got market trends and the uh, production updates. He's already got two recurring segments, which take up like half the show. So he doesn't need a rumor corner section. Plus Zach hates rumors. Like he's getting really tired of them. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So anyway, um, how about that? I mean, I've thought one of two things. One Tony is we could start doing the rumor corner just for the Patreon members would be one idea that I've entertained. Okay. The other idea would be if the Patreon gets to 60 people. We could go ahead and just bring it back for everyone. But, I just don't know if these listeners have the strength to do that. I don't know. We'll think about we'll it. We'll have to see. But video games. Let's think about something different. Video games. a lot of pinball. Don't have a lot because I knew this was going to be a full episode, so I keep things kind of lightish this time around. But uh, Alan Wake, we talked about last episode. Oh, I'm so looking forward to Alan, Alan Wake. Alan Wake 2 is coming out. Oh. Uh, we had so much fun with the first one. Like, as I recall you saying, and I agree and that flashlight mechanic in that first one was something that was just you thought would be stupid until you did it, and then it was enjoyable. Uh, that game was great, but they pushed the release date back 10 days. Um, Only 10 days? Why? Uh, because they realized all of the game killers that were setting around them. Because they were split in half that uh, leading up to them, uh, there was a bunch of games coming out. But then coming out, starting three days after them was Spider-Man 2 and Super Mario Brothers Wonder on the same day. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. <laughs> and then like two days after that, it was City Skylines 2. And then the Metal Gear Solid remaster. Mm. And then Alone in the Dark. Mm. 
Okay. All right. It's to not die. I understand. I understand now. Somebody looked at the release schedule for October and just was just like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, no. This is smart. As fun as Alan Wake is, it's it's not a heavy hitter like those titles. Yeah, yeah. Dump, dump an Alan Wake three days before Super Mario Brothers mm. is... Considering I think them dropping Spider-Man 2 against a Super Mario game is asking for trouble. That's interesting. I bet they think Spider-Man's strong enough to hold up against I'm it. I'm sure they think that, but I think they may be making some they might be hurting themselves. They might make it out in the long run, but I think they could have a stronger launch if they weren't fighting Super Mario directly. Mm-hmm. So, uh we'll see uh, about that. Uh, we're quickly coming up on the Starfield release date, uh, September 6th, because we're at the end of August. Somehow, it I'll be 100% honest, this year has screamed by for me. I don't know, maybe not for you or the listeners, but for me, it feels like it should still be like May or June, and it's like the end of August. Uh, I just can't wrap my mind around it some days. Uh, but they have released the install size of the game, it's going to be 140 gig on PC. I mean, that is hefty. It's yeah. also going to be 100 gig for the standard edition on Xbox and 117 gig for the premium edition on Xbox. Mm. Yeah, we need less drivers. So That'll save us. Some yeah, uh, I, I don't know. This, I'm super excited for this game, but much like Baldur's Gate 3, I don't know that I'm going to buy it immediately. I mm. still haven't bought Baldur's, Baldur's Gate Gate's reviews are great. Its reviews are so, see, and that's the problem. We got people on the is, Discord saying it's I know, awesome. It's I know, like if I Diablo Four was Diablo Two. Diablo Four and I Diablo know. Four was great until they patched it. Well, that's true. It was a lot more fun before the patch. Uh, I I don't know. I haven't I haven't gone to Baldur's Gate Three yet. And part of the reason I haven't picked up Baldur's Gate Three yet is because I know it's going to be a long form game for me uh, and with starfield so close yeah no i at this stage i don't i don't blame you for hesitating because starfield is very much in your because you're such a sci-fi person it's so much i think more in your alley right your space lane so to speak uh a few episodes ago i don't think it was last episode i think it was a couple episodes before that we talked about the embracer group Mm -hmm. in may had that whole like verbal agreement for a two billion dollar deal that just fell through all of a sudden that was what led to them shuttering of several studios doing a big round of layoffs uh and and just basically wreaking havoc across them and deciding to lean into their uh owning of the lord of the rings franchises and stuff because they have this sudden loss of capital that they had planned on having uh it is coming out that it sounds like allegedly uh the group that backed out on the deal was the savvy games group which is a Saudi government-funded uh, group. They are part of the Saudi Investment Fund. Uh, the, so that's like a partially government-owned video game creation. Okay, I'm, not, I'm not really familiar with I, it. Not either. I don't really recognize any of it, but I know we've, there's been several talks lately about the, uh, in this last year about the Saudi Investment Group and as they've been buying their way into... Uh, the video gaming area. Uh, specifically, uh, they bought five plus percent of Embracer in the in the last year. So that's kind of spreading out. But that's got a lot of background because of who is in charge of that gaming group. It was one of the Saudi princes that has a lot of uh, bad 
news reports on them and such. So uh, I thought it was interesting. It explains the $2 billion. Doesn't explain why it backed off. And then they did it. Like we talked about last episode, Overwatch 2 appeared on uh, Steam. And to the surprise of absolutely nobody. Oh, no. It has been review bombed. Oh, as of this morning, before I came over here, it was overwhelmingly negative. Mm. <laughs> One of the lowest rated games ever, according to someone on the Discord. Yeah, it is, it's bad. The uh, reports are that a huge portion of it is the Chinese fan base, yeah. but it is definitely, it's got like 159,000 reviews and it's overwhelmingly negative. Yeah. I heard uh, analysis, I read, I should say, an analysis. Can't remember the exact number. It was somewhere in the order of sixty to sixty-six percent were were supposedly from China. Yeah. So yeah, and I guess uh, heard this morning had to do with what the like the carryover progress. They don't get to have the carryover progress because uh, they couldn't have Overwatch two. I guess prior to Steam, like they lost it. Right. And their character progress isn't carrying over, and so they're they're taking it out on the game's reviews. So which okay is I mean, understandable. I, I, get it. I mean, I, I would be I mean, annoyed too if I. You've worked on all that, pro- especially if you'd worked on Overwatch 2 progress, and then all of a sudden you're starting over again. Because the way the game is, you can't play competitively, for example, uh, if you're not an Overwatch 1 carryover, unless you put in a certain amount of, you have to get a certain number of wins in quick play. Right. Like, I don't remember, it's 50 or 75. I mean, it's a number, I mean, it's hours of work. Well, and I thought that it was interesting because Blizzard has come out and said that even with all the reviews, they're not worried about it. And then Overwatch 2 is in the best place it's ever been. Yeah, I don't know about that. I did buy the uh, the expansion. I, you know, I I debated it, and I thought, whatever, it's 15 bucks. I'm sure that's what Blizzard relied on. That's exactly uh, what they relied on. To do the on. PvE content, which I, I've only played through. The, they don't have it all released yet, but what I've played through so far, the story, like having story elements again was fun uh, because normally you only kind of got like weird one-off stuff with like Junkensteins where it's all like a joke. Mm-hmm. And this is actually telling the story of this Omnic uh, Nullsec invasion in the stuff that's just kind of been background. Yeah. Lore the main stuff. thing is I just don't know about the replayability on a lot of it. I mean, you can go like they have some Easter eggs to find and stuff, but I just don't, you know, I mostly play overwatch and get the battle passes just to do the, recurring whatever right um you know get the new characters and stuff and 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 that sort of thing um so i don't know yet if it's going to be worth continuing or not i mean whatever it depends what all it comes with as more stuff comes out for it uh without having to pay more so right well, well i'm see. sure they'll find a reason to make you pay oh more. no they always try they have a <laughs> they have a new skin for diva that's 26 bucks my gosh yeah 26 dollars, and it's just a recoloring of one of her other skins oh no yeah <laughs> Oh, that's even worse. And in, and in two games yesterday, I saw people with it. Love, Diva. Man, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand. I have thoughts, but. We need to release EGP skins for people. For apparently. Their, for their Baldur's Gate characters. The Baldur's and then Gate we can, EGP we can sell those. That's how we'll retire. <laughs> we'll retire. We'll give them personas. Oh, having the ability to retire. What would that be like? I don't know. <laughs> I started watching this YouTube uh, channel, like Caleb Hammer's financial audit stuff. Started, to, I I've saw, watched him. I saw a Reddit pop up, and where they he was, it was making fun of this person who she was just like total. I mean, he's got all sorts on there with all sorts of different situations, mm-hmm. but so many of them are like the twenty something who's total, like totally oblivious on how debt works. Yes, and it usually involves multiple credit cards, multiple minimum payments, 
and some uh, car that's less than two years old with a 72 month lease and a double digit percentage on the loan. Yep. That, yeah, that's most of the time what seems to end up happening. I, I, and then I, he tells them basically they have to give up eating out for two years and they're like, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I saw, I, I saw one of his videos once where there was a guy who his car broke down or his car was wrecked. They got rid of his car. He didn't replace the car cause he didn't need the car because he worked from home. And he would Uber every day from home to Starbucks and then Uber from Starbucks back home because he worked from home. Mm. Wow. Didn't even Uber eats it. He Ubered to the Starbucks. He Ubered to Starbucks. Well, <laughs> yep. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a financial advisor. I ain't going to give financial advice. I'll give you my mantra that I believe in living by for people. Very important, especially in hobbies like pinball. Don't finance fun. Don't finance fun. Because financing is not fun. No, exactly. So it's much better to get yourself in a place where you can purchase your fun and not have to stress about paying the bill afterwards. Because that's going to live with you a lot longer than probably. I mean, I mean, in theory, like if you bought a pinball machine, it could live with you forever. But I, I always get, I always just personally get nervous when I see because sometimes I post like on Pinsign stuff, and people are like, "Is there like a place where where they will let me like pay them monthly payments to?" They're like, "Do you want to rent one?" It's like, "No, no, 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 like pay to own." I'm like, "So you want to pay interest on a?" toy yeah i wouldn't i mean that's just my but that's just my personal opinion anything else you know i think i'll hold it for the next episode Mm. because this episode has been very long and very fun yes it has been long (laughs) okay so well uh uh, folks you can reach out to us eclectic gamers podcast at gmail.com you can also visit us at facebook.com slash eclectic gamers podcast we also can be supported at patreon.com slash eclectic underscore gamers we're available on uh twitch and instagram as eclectic underscore gamers and we will be back in a couple weeks with episode 201 i know you have a planned discussion for us on video games that we're pushing to that yep and there'll probably be some news by then. Don't know there'll be more pinball news, but there'll be something. There'll be something. There'll be something. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening, especially those of you who have stuck with us for 200 episodes. Holy cow, that's a long time. Most of you probably haven't, though, so most of you haven't really done that much. So these thanks are only for those really long-term people. And for the rest of you, we give you thanks for being here with us today. Yep. And so long, everybody. See you next time.